when I think about the work that I like to do in apologetics, the way that I describe it is Shakespeare is the playwright and actors read the play and they perform on stage and they make choices, but the play belongs to Shakespeare. And he's the creator of the play. And that describes most gods. But our God entered the play and is the hero. And that's what makes him different. He entered the play and he loved the actors. He wasn't an observer. He wasn't the creator and then left. He, because he loved us and wanted himself to be known. So you can watch the play and never know the playwright never know anything about the playwright but that's not what our god wanted our god wanted us to understand the play and also understand him hi and welcome back to study with friends over the past several weeks through multiple series we've been studying the covenantal promises of land descendants and special relationship while we've studied through quite a bit of the old testament this current series is examining our themes through the latter prophets our hope is that through these studies, you would better understand the biblical narrative arc and God himself. If you've missed any part of this series or want to re-listen to this episode, head to our website, studywithfriends.org and search Old Testament. We have so many ways for you to listen or connect with us. You can listen on our faithful radio partners or on your favorite streaming app. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. Now, let's bring our focus to God's Word. I had for Hosea chapter 11, 8 and 9, um, God is saying, okay, how can I give you up? I don't know how to, um, I think it's Ephraim. How can I hand you over Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I set you like Zeboim? My heart turns within me. My sympathy is stirred. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come with terror. Mm-hmm. So for land, obviously it's talking about like handing over Israel and all the other places mm-hmm. that are around it. Mm-hmm. And But the ones that were like really speaking to me were the relationship is talking about God. He was like, I don't want to hand over Israel. Like Those are my people. And yep. then... Um, when he was saying i will not destroy and like i will not execute the fierceness of my anger because he's god and like that's the special relationship is like he won't destroy them yep and then land was also important because it's like the land of israel and then the other like places surrounding it he's not going to give israel away to all totally those other places nailed it. you totally nailed it and when you think about israel you said i'm not going to let this happen to israel they're my people mm-hmm. remember that that is a descendancy yeah. of the people right so whenever we talk about you are my people he doesn't mean these three people are my people. He means this whole line belongs mm-hmm. to me. So there's the descendants in there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit under the surface, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good, Caitlin. Any others that you want to share? Um, I was wondering about the land in this one. This okay. is um, Zechariah 1, 3 to 4. Mm-hmm. Says Wait, tell me first. So if you're having trouble unpacking it, let's use the clues that we already learned. What, who is Zechariah talking to? It's like the post, ex- yeah, post. So he, he, his, his prophecy um, stretched across the time of the exile, end of the exile into the mm-hmm. post-exilic. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm ready. Um, Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. 
Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Okay. Tell me the ones you're able to see, and then I'll help you uncover the one you can't see. Okay. So, um, obviously, he says at the beginning of verse 4, do not be like your ancestors. So, um, descendants. And then uh, in verse 3, he says, uh, return to me. So, I was thinking relationship. Mm -hmm. So, the one that I was having trouble with was land. Okay. Now... This is, so now we have to dive in a little bit deeper, but we're up for it. Remember what I said here in the cliff notes is it's exile slash post-exilic. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Logically. They're not in the land. Is it the return to me part? Well, wait to, don't get there yet. Stay up here. Yes. Um, But. um, (laughs) It's like making sense. (laughs) (laughs) So if he's speaking to the people in the exile Mm. and after the exile, Mm. What does that mean about um, his tenure? So the exile came first, mm-hmm. and then post-exilic came second, right? So we're reading out of chapter one. Mm-hmm. Where do you think they were? Exile. Right. Now does it make sense? Yes. Okay. So there's just a little bit of help that you sometimes need, which is why I said maybe just stick it in your Bible Mm. to remember, Mm. like, um, and you can even see on the trajectory. Like Mm -hmm. if this is chapter one, it's probably exile. If it's the last chapter, it's probably Mm -hmm. post-exilic. If we've recorded all of Zechariah Mm -hmm. and it spans that time, Mm -hmm. the beginning's probably in this space and the end's probably in this space. Mm -hmm. So once you have that roadmap, Gotcha. You can see what he's actually saying is return to me mm-hmm. and I will return to you. Mm, he okay. never really left them. Yeah. But what he's saying is I will return the blessings to you. Mm, and I will return to you. I yeah. See. And the blessing is completely mm-hmm. tied in with mm-hmm. the land. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I see good that. one. Okay. That was a good one. Give, give me more that you didn't see as obviously. What about you, Missy? Well, I really liked Isaiah 66, 22 through 24, not only because Isaiah is my favorite book and I think that it's kind of gnarly, but also because I really, that was the only one that I saw of a, 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 a an apocalyptic land. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's do it. I've so got it. Isaiah 66, 20, 22, 22 to 24. 24. I think it's the last line. It's the very end. Of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, as the new heavens and Mm. the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched and they will be loathsome to all mankind. Yeah, the truth of the matter is we no. didn't even need to get to 24 but. to see it because it's actually in 22 and 23. Go ahead, G. What do you see? Um, oh, was 24 not assigned? No, it was, but um, probably just because I hate it when people just cut something off at mm-hmm. the very end and like it's that. Like, yeah. That's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> okay, so go Plus ahead. Just do worms. 23, 22 and 23. What do you see there? Well, I see descendants. I see relationship with God, but particularly I immediately focused on new heavens and new earth mm-hmm. and um you know for all time mm-hmm. um because isn't that the goal isn't so that this is where land? your mind gets blown again mm. because it was in the garden and it goes all the way through mm. to the new heavens and the new earth 
That's why I like the it. plan mm-hmm. is totally consistent. And when you see the consistency of the plan, you see the consistency of the God you serve and you realize that you can trust him. Like it is huge. The plan has not changed. And the plan doesn't change and nothing we can do can thwart it. It will come to pass. Mm-hmm. So com- that's comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So new heavens and new earth, a new kind of promised land for sure. I mean, if you know anything and about a new revelation, kind of relationship, mm-hmm, very good. And a new mm-hmm. kind of sentence because mm-hmm. And your offspring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And this, you could spend hours mm-hmm. in these. Mm-hmm. So play with it. Have a good time. What else can we look at? I mean, we can do this as long as you want. I was looking at um, the Jonah one. What was 2 Kings 14, 23 Oh, dang it. I knew someone was going to pull that up. Okay, so are Which you one? bothered at all by the fact that I pulled Jonah's quote out of not the book of Jonah? Does anybody care? I was confused. No. Okay, good. And I was Let's like, just yes, move on. Yes, Where? Yes. I figured that it was like he was speaking. It just wasn't. Yeah. So Jonah did more than just the work of Nineveh. Mm. Right. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And so Jonah was also a prophet prophet. in the time of the kings. Obviously. Obviously. So it was like his fame, his famous. (laughs) 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 She's quoting Veggie Tales. I'm sorry. I should have let you do that. (laughs) Jonah was a prophet. But he really never got it. it. <laughs> that was the best one. It never like registered to me that he was a prophet. I was like, oh yeah, he got swallowed by the fish. Yeah. He was an asparagus, you know. He was meant to he go take. Asparagus. He was meant to go take the word. There's something in the water. He was mm-hmm. meant to yeah. take the word of God yeah. to mm-hmm. the Ninevites. Yeah, so he was a prophet. Yeah, but he had other work that he did, mm-hmm. and we see him show up in other places. And the one that I wanted to lift out was in Second Kings. So, mm-hmm. did you want to read that? Okay, well, let me find it. Um. So this one, I literally, when I was reading it, I realized I was like, oh, this one, like, I didn't see descendants. And then I was like, you dummy. It's literally in the first part. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say that to yourself, though, because it's ho- l- the thing is, is that um, I'm trying to hand you the glasses tonight, mm-hmm. but it's up to you to put them on every time you read. And mm-hmm. sometimes if you forget your glasses, that's OK. You're just not going to be able to see it as well. Mm-hmm. So don't be hard on yourself. It's what, OK. 14 what? Uh, 23 to 27. It's Second Kings 14, 23 to 27. Gianna, if you have it, why I don't you it. read it? Okay, Caitlin has it. I was going to let Gianna read, read it? it. No, well, you have, if you have it, you should take it, Caitlin. Okay. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned 41 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath, Hefer. Uh, For the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them uh, by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. Okay. So you were struggling with descendants, mm-hmm. but then you saw it? Yeah. Okay, like wh- tell me where you see it. In 23, because it's talking about the different sons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like who's king now. Yeah, there's a bit of a bookend there too, because it comes in back in 27. Son of. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And, and then, do you see um, special relationship with God and also land? Uh, special relationship I saw in 27 when it was saying the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of mm-hmm. Israel from Very good. heaven. Really good. And then for land... Um, kind of like the whole thing, but in do, 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 25, um, he restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of mm-hmm. Hamas to the Sea of the Arabah. Mm-hmm. 
according to the word of the Lord, mm-hmm. which he spoke Through by his prophet, right? Jonah. Good. Okay. Really good. Good stuff, right? Isn't it kind of fun? Mm-hmm. I know I'm so nerdy, but <laughs> I find it fun. And I find it, it's fun for me in a way that's more than just like, I mean, I love riddles. Mm-hmm. I love puzzles. Those are just entertainment fun. I love riddles. I, mean, I love riddles. I never she's, knew that about you. She doesn't. She's quoting. Uh, I do, uh, but I was quoting Ron Swanson. I thought you had her. <laughs> quoting Ron Swanson from Ron Swanson. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, but this is like all of that wrapped up in the intimacy of God mm-hmm. and just being able to, like, the fact that He would be so generous to let us see Him better. That fills me with awe, which makes me want to worship Him and then also just makes me want to go get more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a it's a greedy greedy for God kind of thing. <laughs> I can't really explain it, but I'm I'm seeing that you're kind of catching it, which mm-hmm. makes me happy. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Like interesting not to be like I hope this isn't controversial, but it's like interesting to see if you look at other religions, they have like some of their gods are like I don't want to talk to the people. Like I'm a god, why do I have to talk to them? Mm-hmm. And then you see with like, you know, the one true god, it's just he's like they're my people, like of yeah. course I'm going to talk to them. And yeah. when uh divine being doesn't want to associate with humans he gets cast out and <laughs> sent to hell mm-hmm. oh. you know that was like his whole deal that was you know that was yeah. satan's entire thing is that he wasn't mm-hmm. a fan yeah that's actually when i think about the work that i like to do in apologetics which is basically just understanding how to defend your faith i often talk about that um, and the the way that I describe it is um, Shakespeare is the playwright and actors read the play and they perform on stage and they make choices, but the play belongs to Shakespeare mm. and he's the creator of the play and that describes most gods, but our God entered the play and um, is the hero. And that's what makes him different. He entered the play and he loved the actors and he loved, he wasn't an observer. He wasn't the creator and then left. He, because he loved us and wanted himself to be known. So you can watch the play and never know the playwright, never know anything about the playwright, but that's not what our God wanted. Our God, our God wanted us to understand the play and also understand him. And the only way you can do that is if the playwright enters the stage. And that's how much he loves us, that he he went into his creation. He Like if the architect, you can see a house. Um, there was an architect that designed my house. I don't know who he is. I know my house. I live in my house every day. I have no idea who the architect was. But if one day the architect came in and said, I want to make myself known to you. Let me tell you why I made the choices that I made here. And then all of a sudden you see your house in a whole different way. The creator has authority and most gods and most religions recognize that. But our creator entered the play. He entered the the architectural design He because he wanted to be known. And there's a different love in that. There's a different love in that. And I think people get that, you know, if you can kind of explain it to them. On like a deep level. Again, because we're wired for these things. Mm -hmm. We're wired for God. We're wired for 
a place to belong and we're wired for relational. And so if you can help people understand that that's what God's design was all along is to have this relationship with us through blessings and through family and through himself. That's kind of the whole point of him creating us in the first place. And so, yeah, different kind of God. And I don't think that I don't think that's controversial. You didn't say anything derogatory about another faith, but you just pointed out the differences between the faith that we walk in and the faith that other people walk in. And I think I think there's value to be gained in understanding other people's faith. I really do. Uh, but I think there's also, um, you know, you have to kind of understand the roadmap. Roadmap again. I use roadmaps maybe too much, but to see where you're going as you talk to that person through that conversation, whether they're a non-believer or a believer in another faith, and you know, you know, here are the differences, and let me lead you to what is, what is the deal? What is so special? What is, why is it, why are we so, why am I so captured by this? Like, I, I'm not faking this. This is for real yeah. in me. I feel this passionate in love with Christ. How does that happen? Why does that happen? And, you know, and just trying to lead somebody into that place. And, you know, I think you have to be careful. And I think that was wise of you and sensitive and thoughtful for you to say, I don't want this to be controversial because you don't want to offend anybody, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to leave them where they are. I would like to add, I am very interested in world religions, ancient religions, current world religions, etc. And I think without saying any specific religions, without any getting into the nitty gritty of it, I think that the more from a that you study other religions from a Christian perspective, you see that everyone is really searching for home. Mm-hmm. Everyone is searching for God. Some people are closer than others, mm. but everyone it's, there's a theme in every religion and that's longing for God, mm-hmm. our God. Mm-hmm. So looking at other religions through the lens of Christianity, it becomes very clear that yeah. that's the situation. And you can't just go up to someone and be like, excuse me, did you know that you're searching for the one? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's a up. journey. It's a journey. But, yeah. And it's a journey. But when you understand that it isn't something c- to condemn it's some something to slowly guide them yes to. yeah it's and not, it's an art it's a, it's a bit of it's a bit of an art mom. form mm, it's a exactly. bit of an art form to to compassionately mm-hmm. and patiently be, just be beside them mm-hmm. um because you know w- one of the things i've i've said i think in this series is you may be called in for one play one play you called off the bench for one play and the game doesn't belong to you. You're not the coach and how the game ends isn't up to you, but you should play that one play really well. Get in there and play that play right as a player on the team. And so when we get to thinking, I have to save this person or I have to have the right words or I have to say the right thing, then all is lost because you're making it about you. But if you just say, God, show me how I can stand next to this person, maybe years, maybe years. Show me how I can stand next to this person today to lead them to you. And it's a, it is, um, I don't know if an art form is the right way, but it's a, it's a, it's a, um, skill. Yeah. I was going to say like a practice, Mm -hmm. but it takes prayer. It's a discipline. It's a Mm -hmm. discipline. That's That's what I'm looking for. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're all throwing stuff. Yeah, I don't know. We had to, like, had to find it. (laughs) Where's my thesaurus? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, this is all good stuff, you guys. I love that we're doing this (laughs) together. It makes my heart so happy Um, because I love you guys a lot. I'm always so thankful for how timeless and timely God's Word is. Thanks again for joining us on this multi-series journey studying God's covenantal promises throughout the Old Testament. We are a weekly Bible study, just like you'll find at your local church. If you are in a study like this one, we encourage you to join one. Make sure that the church is teaching from the Bible in every situation. In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, instructing them, freely you have received, freely give. We take that command serious here at Study With Friends, so we have created tons of resources on our website that are all free for you to use. They're at studywithfriends.org. Much like the disciples who relied on the generosity of a host, we are 100% donor-supported. If you have been particularly blessed by our ministry, would you consider making a donation? Monthly partners are especially helpful to us, and no amount is too small. If you are willing to give it, we would be grateful and blessed to have it. You can donate on our website one time or become a monthly partner. That's at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. We would love to connect with you and hear how your walk is going. We also love to get prayer requests from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can email us at info at Remember, you can stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Plus, you can now see our studies on YouTube. No matter which way you choose, we hope that you will connect with us. For now, we hope you'll join us next time when we study with friends. Mm-hmm.